2: And you can also get rewards points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only by app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See McDonald's.com.
3: Hello and welcome to the Preview show edition the Blue Monday podcast, a three times weekly show looking into all things Ipswich Town. I'm your host, Rich Woodward, and I'm delighted to welcome back on World Book Day, the man of many <laughs> books, um, Harry from Bath, the magnificent <laughs> Harry from Bath. Harry, how's it going? Great. To, and how has today been for you?
4: Great to see you, Rich. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the show. It's been a bad day. World Book Day is brilliant. And I'll say to all parents, I can go for an hour on this. And I promise I won't. It's not a threat. <laughs> if you've got to anybody read that That 10 minutes a day you read to your children you reap what you sow it's the best quality time looking back now my son's growing up and it's all all in the past but looking back the best quality time we had together was the two of us just snuggled up on the sofa with whatever picture book harry McLeary or whatever it happened to be it was a we had a great great memories and but i see it with children who come into my bookshop those who are read to they are they have the vocabulary they have the confidence and they can articulate their ideas because you've given them the equipment and it is the best quality time you can have it's great that said um, <laughs> busy for indi- you though yeah it's been busy books don't weigh a lot individually when you put them in a box there's some <laughs> mad multiplication thing that happens which is they weigh an absolute ton so I've been we've got about I don't know about 30 boxes of books out of different schools over the over this weekend um, we do a lot of work raising money for local school libraries and that so it's a great it's great fun it really is great fun um, it's not just about the dressing up which is part of it as well it's all part to the theatre of it but it's making books come alive briefly um i think we saw in the 90s a revolution in the children's book trade where um children would come running into bookshops the way my generation used to come running into record shops they they're, they're confident they know what they want and it's just a question of just facilitating it really it's absolutely brilliant but um that said um on the there was a thread which popped up as, and people started chipping in all their, all their books oh um, the football recommendations on, yeah. today, today it's on at BlueMondayITFC that's, that's our Twitter handle it's brilliant we'll see if we can get it retweeted out there's a list on there I mean if you, you want shall we have a quick scan through it while we're on topic as it were we, we'll get on to we'll get on to West Brom we'll talk we'll about it later as well yeah, so um, yeah. I think okay.
3: Chris ran and Joe's um, list was pretty was a yeah. pretty col- um, solid core of yeah. what i recommend
4: yeah, Jim Robinson. There was all sorts of different people mentioning all sorts of brilliant books on on the on the list, Steve. It's the it's yeah. There's a there's so much good football writing out there as Love well. Kind of uh, and we were yeah. chatting
3: about that kind of stuff with um with Mullet earlier in the week. Harry's hipsters, the um you know, the following all of these. You know, the the, the Inc. Ink thing. If you haven't, this guy's mm. kind of drawn pictures of the away kits and all that kind of stuff. Mm. And um, yeah. I think it's Ollie Mar and Mullet talking about subscriptions to Monday Hour and all that kind of stuff. There's a yeah. load of great, um, <clears throat> excuse me, a load of great football content out there, isn't there? And, and books. There I mean, this yeah. Joe's bookshelf. I mean, he sent us a picture on the Blue Monday. Yeah. That's impressive. There's yeah. loads, of, and obviously behind you as well. There's there's loads of stuff yeah. and lots of different angles on the game as well that maybe yeah. people don't perceive as well.
4: Yeah, so we'll it, come back uh, and
3: talk through those later on, won't we?
4: Brilliant. Yep. Mm. Should we um, start bef- with Reading?
3: Yeah, before we um, head to the Black Country, let's talk about Reading. Mm. Um, the, another another punch in the guts, right at the death. Um, yeah, definitely not deserved. Um, I think you've said this, and I think we, I think we might have been quoting a, a Reading fan when we said it. Um, but the bottom four deserved to go down i didn't think reading were particularly good they yeah. took their chances when they got them i thought we were the better team in the first half but is that the game where you kind of think that's it for us that was it i've i mean we were already kind of in acceptance <laughs> mode weren't we but
4: i no i've been in acceptance mode for months now rich i think i've never hidden that it's uh, you know the one the one possible um Thing in the tale for Reading was that Oliveira went off injured, and if I'm not mistaken, he's four weeks out now. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. it's um, so that that's you know, it was a Pyrrhic victory in that sense for them. No, I'd it's I know we've talked about the lack of strikers, and it came up even on the live show. For me, the biggest, the bigger problem and the bigger issue to resolve next season, whatever league we're in, I'm assuming it's League One is to get that defence organised. It just mm. has let us down time and time again. And the two goals against Reading symbolised it for me. One was a collective error with the three centre-backs in a slightly unfamiliar system. All were drawn to the man on the ball, yeah. <laughs> leaving the one man you don't leave free. And again, players with a bit of quality hurting us. Just as equally, the second goal was then down to an individual error. You know, it's um, and they, those two... A combination of one or the other have have done for us yeah either the the system not working or somebody lacking a, a moment of weakness and as we know go back to tyrone ming said it years ago he said in the championship if you if you make an error the likelihood is you will get punished yeah um, and I, I was ruinous that late goal it really was but you know, I, I wasn't i wasn't too devastated because i've Factored in relegation months ago, to be honest, Rich. Well, yeah. yeah. I mean, so I talked yeah. about
3: this on the flagship on Sunday and yeah. um, a little bit on Twitter afterwards. I I was in the same boat. In fact, I've I've I pretty much when Hurst left, I'd accepted relegation yeah. was was inevitable. Yeah. But actually, reading really hurt. I I wasn't expecting yeah. it, um, but it actually did. And it, and it was more, I think, the fact that. Um, there's always this little we've talked about the hope isn't it? there's always that little bit of hope there, but since, the start since of march, march it's mm. gone isn't it there is there is literally you know mathematically no. I know we're not down but but basically we can't if we can't beat the teams around us, there's no chance of us staying up and yeah, it just i think it was more the fact that yeah, we just never win these games now you know there used to be this time when. We'd get something and, you know, under Mick when things were looking a bit ropey, we'd pull a one nil out, wouldn't we? We we go to Leeds and beat Leeds two one or something. Yeah. We're not even doing that this season and I think that's yeah. more the you know, the the when there's the narrative there to have, to suddenly start maybe the kind of impossible um march to survival, even we we can't even do that. We can't even kind of give us lingering hope. We you know I just mm-hmm. want the season done and dusted, to be honest. Make May can't come quickly enough for me.
4: Yeah, Um, yeah, no. The the Italians call it the salvezza. You know, they think you know they're suddenly you know you know can we get the the great salvation at the end of the season? And uh, I think we're in miracle country. (laughs) If if, you know, if we if we were to pull this off, it really would be miraculous. But um, it can happen. You know, it's not it's you know it's not mathematically impossible. I think as well the club. I was listening to Lambert's press conference um this afternoon. We're doing this on Thursday evening, and um, it was you know as professionals they don't give up until they have no choice but to give up. It's it's mathematically gone. So they're not they're still keeping their focus, but um no. No, it was um it was but it's it just seems if there's any more salt to rub into the wound, it just seems to get keep getting rubbed in this year. I think it that's does. the worst. Yeah. That's the worst that's the worst of it really. It yeah. just hurts.
3: You know, I'd I'd happily yeah. take a two one defeat if we deserve to lose two one and a mm. goal you know score your goal in the 80th minute or the 75th minute but blooming yeah. on 90 minutes you know what I mean it's just yeah. every week now last three weeks has been late late drama and one yeah. of them has gone our way and two of them haven't it's just um, yeah. it's just getting tedious yeah. tactically I know that you've said before that um Maybe Lambert is cutting his cloth according to the, the what he's got available to him, and the lack yeah. of strikers doesn't help. But the system in the first half was a bit of a mess. I know you weren't there, but it was. Do we it was, want to talk about systems was, at all? It, it, it,
4: it was wing backs and diamonds, wasn't it? It was everything in together. It was
3: a bit weird, yeah. I, yeah. And it, it, I think people were saying it was a three-five-two with Bishop up top. I don't. That didn't really work. I think we've got to go with a kind of one up top with a maybe it's a three or which is what we moved into in the second half and looked more Mm -hmm. comfortable but it's going to be tough isn't it without fit strikers for the rest of the season
4: it will no yeah no question the one thing i think i think lambert has got a philosophy he knows how he wants to play he wants to he generally tends to play with a big man up front with a back four he's got a pretty coherent model to it and there's a style of play and just as equally as the way mick really couldn't change his spots even though we were urging him to he had a certain way of playing which was direct and it was pragmatic um i think lambert knows how he wants to play um but he's got to work with what he has inherited Mm. and it did seem a bit odd i was trying to work out whether he overthought it and was trying to combat Reading's threats down the side but also then having extra insurance of having Collins. Having a back three by having his three good centre backs in, you know, almost who have we got, and let's see what we can make them into. Um, but um, I do think, whereas Hurst seemed to lose direction and, and lost confidence as well, I think Lambert still has that inner confidence. And yeah. once he's once he's had his pre season, because he's been banging on about this since pretty much since he's got her, he hasn't had a pre season in years. He's desperate for one, and that's when I think we'll see. You know, I'm looking forward to seeing what happens. You know, we'll, we can judge him more. More severely, I think, in late September, early October, once he's actually had a chance to put something together in place. It's, um, lots, he talked about lots of cleansing. chat about cleaning. I was yeah. going to say exactly the yeah. same, yeah, yeah. Um, mm.
3: and, and and it feels like it's a mental thing as much as a physical and maybe a tactical yeah. thing. Is you need to kind of rid yourself of this idea that we go a goal behind and that's game over because yeah. that's why the one nils and two nils start to happen, isn't it? And I think yeah. mentally. Maybe he's kind of thinking of a clear out because there's a, there's an ingrained way of playing historically yeah. from um, the Mick era, maybe even Hurst's way of doing things. Um, yeah. There's also the mental thing of mental fragility about in game um, yeah. how you react to to difficult circumstances, and maybe there's just too many players who are tainted by that now.
4: Yeah. The combination of either conceding late goals or conceding a second goal shortly after the first goal. Yeah. It screams. Confident. psychology isn't it psychology it really does yeah so maybe mm. it's got something in mind there well um, yeah
3: <laughs> they don't get any easier do they um, no. but um, one quick stat before we um, go, we delve into West Brom um, a thousand, over a thousand town fans I think going on Saturday it's
4: huge which is yeah. crazy isn't it you know you yeah. think
3: about it um, so good on the town you know the, the support yeah. last week it's 23,000 I know there was a, a ticket promotion but one thousand at West Brom. Hopefully, there'll be big yeah. numbers at Bristol City next week as well. But um, yeah. yeah, it just shows that people may have still bought into it. I know probably yeah. a, bit, a good chunk of those tickets for West Brom were sold maybe before Reading, but but still, it's it, we need to pick it out because it's. It's pretty abnormal, as Lambert says. It's
4: crazy. Nathan, Nathan Beals asked a question on Twitter. We'll come on to them later. He talked about the three thing, three positives from the season. When I was thinking about it, I thought the way the supporters have thrown their real class and their true colours this season is a positive. Mm. Whatever Whatever's going on on the pitch as a club, we have not lost our identity. If in, in many ways, you could argue we've possibly refounded. As in supporters, a way. I
3: wholeheartedly yeah. Yeah. agree with that. Yeah. Um, let's talk... Baggies, shall we? Um And, okay. I'm, and I might drift into um, what would be a black country accent or a West Midlands accent rather than a Brummie. You want me we need to be clear about that? There's a, there's a difference, folks. Um, have a look on Google. Um, <laughs> West Brom. So I, I've done some homework, Harry. I like yep. to do homework every now and then, and I'm bringing you stats. Okay. Bringing you the stat that between the 20th of October, 1984, through to the 4th of April, 2000, Ipswich were not beaten by West Brom in 24 matches. In fact, we had 18 wins and six draws. Zero defeats in that period. Um, Only one of those was a cup tie. So we were imperious... Um, to West Brom in the league in that period. And then ever since that point onwards, we kind of had our two years in the Prem. I think Mowbray possibly took the job there, didn't he? I think they spanked us 4-1. I remember Gardso scoring from a corner, I think. Um, But we certainly lost 5-1 at home, 5-2 at home possibly. Since since that 24-game unbeaten run, of which 18 of them was wins, it's seven defeats only two wins one of which was in the League Cup
4: the League Cup game yeah when we made yeah. the
3: semi-final um, yeah. and one draw yeah. um, God. <laughs> so West Brom used to be a team that we'd regularly turn over I mean, I've got two 90s shirts behind me for those watching the on the video those not I've got the um, the promotion on. one from 2000 where mm. we beat them 3-1 Neil Midgley scored on his debut if you remember that yes, yes I do. Yeah. looping header um, yeah. and the faded um, Green King one where I think it's a five-nil possibly that we beat them in that one. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's weird to see how things switch around, and you know, we used to have, yeah. we used to be pretty good against quite a few teams. We had a really good hold yeah. over them. Not. So I much remember. I,
4: I remember. No, it's, it's a, I hate to. Use, let's not. Let's not. Go, let's not bring, talk about the owner, but it is that thing of Burnley never won against us away. Bristol Ooh. City, I know from years that we were. They used to hate. Hate hate playing us. Whereas now it's just another game for them. You know we yeah. seem to have lost the, that, that 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 edge. But but West Brom, the contrast is that's quite I'd no idea. That's that's we were they must have proper yeah. we were a proper bogey team. Yeah, a proper bogey team. How and away? Yeah.
3: Um so hopefully my internet wasn't playing tricks on me and deceiving me on that one. So do look it oh, up. Because yeah. if you wanna if you wanna look feel feel good about yourself, well I guess it's in the past now, so you can't. But to no. see that kind of record against and it's routine as well. You know, we've regularly yeah. played them. Um yeah. I used to remember going to Portman Road to watch West Brom and we would we would beat mm-hmm. them consistently. Yeah. So it's weird to think that now they've got such a stranglehold over us. Let's move to this season. West Brom are weird, aren't they? Because they're, they're well, they're well in the playoff contention, um, smashed by Leeds last week. But the big debate that we had on the flagship show was whether Darren Moore has taken this team as far as he can. Yeah. Um, and I think you, you were quite impressed with Joe's assessment of them as well. On the uh, flagship. I've,
4: I've... I've read listening to the flagship show. I don't know what Joe had for dinner, Joe Ferris. We need to find out because it was kind of it was it, it turned him into a superhero. Um, was he, that ninety four you know, ninety
3: five shirt that he was wearing? Yep.
4: Yeah, uh, he killed the CB game, uh, but he also nailed the problems at West Brom. He was he'd obviously been sitting there, maybe with a cup of tea or a pint, watching the game. You know, languidly whatever's going on, and then he started going through the analysis of West Brom. And I was kind of because I'd been hoovering away on the forums to see what they're saying it was kind of yep yeah, he's got that he's got that he's got that he's got that he just nailed it completely so there's a three minute joe fairs version of west brom which covers the whole thing or you can listen to the full preview show where you're going to get a little bit more detail but it was an absolutely awesome performance so joe if you're listening chapeau to you my friend <laughs> it was a phenomenal absolutely phenomenal i put it down to the great yeah. hosting if, if yes yeah, so, 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 if you ask me this, but... yes <laughs> it's, 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 so it's for not for something that good it can never just be one factor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I had nothing to do with it. Yeah. Good on you, Joe. Oh, um,
3: where, where should we start oh, here then? Because oh, I think the let's... key thing to mention before. So the the two defeat in November. Um, yeah. The the big the big kind of news is Harvey Barnes returning back to Leicester, now yeah. starting regularly in the Premier League. But yeah. is it fair to say that since he's been taken out of the team, things are now a little bit more unsettled?
4: Oh yes. Yeah. Oh yes, yes. no question at all This is a proper case study It's one of these situations um, where they've got comfortably I mean, when you look at their squad, it is ludicrous We'll go through the players Yeah, It is just ridiculous And you can't help but thinking that if Rafa Benitez or Marcelo Bielsa was given this squad They would be 10 points clear, they'd be planning for next season already But they've entrusted they are one good year when they're going to have a lot of high-caliber players, to a rookie, mm. and it, I, it's, it's an, it is to me, it's an absolute case study. It really is. Um, Sorry, the... hey, is
3: it a case study for Man United and Ole Gunnar Solskjaer? Because Darren Moore is a bit of a legend at West Brom. He, I don't I think he had a, a pretty long and illustrious playing career with him, but certainly mm-hmm. ended his career there and was really highly thought of.
0: Um, mm-hmm
3: fans certainly last season he had that amazing run of beating yeah. Man um, did they draw with Man United or beat Man United beat Spurs they were to... unbeaten
4: at the end of the season they went down on a blaze of glory yeah, yeah exactly
3: right and is is it one of these cases of a manager having a, a really a great spell maybe more luck than judgement and then the team makes a recruitment decision based on that rather than the cold hard facts is
4: uh, like Saltshower so into that model. Like Stuart Pearson Forrest is the other one. Again, yeah. got off on a blaze glory and then got tactically worked out. Saltshower is different, I think. I, 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 I was very sceptical about him going in after what happened to Cardiff. But I think part of the problem there was that the style of football he was split wanted to play was so radically different to Malky Mackay's. That you—it wasn't just a change of manager; it was a whole change of philosophy, and you ended up with an absolute car crash of a squad, which fell apart in the end. Oh, I mean, um, Man United. Yes.
3: I mean, so shy now. No, 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 no. I'm coming on to that. Oh, that, sorry. That,
4: that, that was sorry. Forgive me, John. Oh, as in oh, his, his previous, yeah. Forgive me, forgive me, yeah. No, I was just thinking that the, um, the, um, that, the, yeah, in his previous um, era, uh, but then, obviously, that win over. Um, Paris during the week Mm. has made me realise I was talking to a Man United fan today Nick he's an old he's old school United going back to the 50s and 60s and he thinks that they've got their club back a little bit because particularly the incident when the players went to encroach against Rashford just before he took the penalty and about three or four Man United players pulled them back back. There's there's a sense that they're tribal again and there's a sense that they've really got that sense of identity back. So, um, I don't know, Richard. Sorry, hard that's one. an aside um, there, but... No, it's an aside. But, um, but going back to Moore, I think Moore is probably, I mean, I hate to say it. I've written down the word Paul Jewell similarities and we'll go through them all. It's Let's get stuck in. Um, most of them are now expecting it just to be the playoffs. Um, poor home form as well as the other issue. But then they had two chastening defeats. It wasn't just I know they only lost one nil to Sheffield United, but it was a it was one of the most overwhelming one 0 defeats their fans were saying afterwards. The Sheffield United's midfield, we know, is 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 a match for tasty, any, isn't it? Yeah. It is very tasty and that will test you. Any club they come up against, if your your midfield isn't up to it, they will they, they will squash you. So, um, and then to repeat the same mistake against Leeds because th- there are similarities in the way they both play with that intensity and high pressing. Um, Moore is getting, the sense there is that he is getting badly found out and the thing that has caused it is the loss of Barnes being recalled to Leicester. And, um, couple of quotes about Barnes, even though he's not there, we need to talk about him. We always knew that the loss of Harvey Barnes was going to cost us because he could unlock a defence, whereas now it's all one-dimensional and we look out of ideas if it fails. Many feared the wheels would fall off after losing him, and it seems to be true. He gave us a bit of magic and dynamic running with the ball, creating goals out of nothing. We lost a lot when he left. We need to look at the starting 11 against um, against Leeds um, uh, last week, because that highlights Moore's selection problems as well as his um tactical weaknesses um he's got no plan b that's obvious but no it's worse than that he doesn't seem to be able to learn from his mistakes and worse again there doesn't seem to be a coherent tactical philosophy there's no identity there's no way of playing he's putting 11 players out there and hoping that they will come up with something it's okay. it's, it's that bad so the midfield is probably
3: one that joe cited in t- yeah certainly a lack of pace but
4: yeah, When you put um, uh, Gareth Barry and Jake Livermore into the midfield against Sheffield United and they get overwhelmed, it's one thing. But then to put the same two players in again against Leeds who are going to do exactly the same thing to you, yeah. then you've got to ask questions. You're going to get swarmed on un- you because there's only – is it a three
3: yeah. central – is it a 4-3-3? Three, three it's, of...
4: it's a It's kind of 4-3-3. Three, three. In theory, it should be a four – the three, one sitting, one dynamic, one, one playmaking. Right. In the end, they said it was seven. They were three players down against Leeds because the front three were so isolated that the other seven were just back running around with hoses. Yeah, I remember Jay Rodriguez looking a bit
3: desperate on his own.
4: They were, but it wasn't just him it was all three of them so you've got a problem of playing Barry and, and Livermore in midfield where they just don't have the legs to compete you then also have the problem up front by losing Barnes they replaced him with um, Jefferson Montero and Jacob Murphy as options the problem with Montero and Murphy is they're wingers mm. whereas Harvey Barnes is a more all-round striker yeah. and ben, ben talked about this before Christmas that it wasn't just that Gale, Barnes and Rodriguez were brilliant the three of them would interchange so you suddenly have Gale in the middle where he's, a, he's the most clinical finisher of them all. Barnes would suddenly pop up on the right. Rodriguez would flip over to the left. All this. That is gone. You've got Rodriguez mm. in the middle, sitting, frustrating everybody because he's not as clinical a finisher as Gale, who was stuck out on the right. And the parallel for for Dwight Gale is Freddie Sears. Now, is that Gale... about
3: pace then? Is he out there because of that?
4: He's out there because of pace and because he has a little bit more space in which to operate but he doesn't they don't rotate so they tend to be very static in oh, their role. Wow. He's then having to do what Freddie would do and Freddie learnt the role really well of going back and covering his defender. Oh, of course, yeah. That's not a Dwight that's, Gale's you know, game is now, it? What, what's, what's Dwight Gale doing back in this, protecting his left back? You know, because the problem is that Livermore who's on the left side of the midfield doesn't have the legs to get across <laughs> to protect him. Yeah. Can, the structural flaws coming in left, right and centre and on the other side you've got Murphy and Montero who are doing it well, Montero can, can can he can play either wing but Murphy particularly was playing on the right against uh, in I think it was the Sheffield Sheffield United game if I've got my if I've got my research right it was um it was no it was, a, it was Queens Park Rangers he was injured for the last two games and again the same thing they found about him was that he was an out and out winger and all he could do was put in the occasional good ball, but he, there was no interconnectedness. You were never going to see Murphy pop up in the middle. So that as I say, the three of them become incredibly static. You then against Leeds, the other thing that happens is that Kiron Gibbs isn't available. So that what is what is um uh, Darren Moore. Do he puts in Tosin Adarabioyo? If I've got his name right, Ad- Adarabioyo. Adarabioyo. Yeah, yeah, I'll go with that. Yeah, let's go with that. Well Thank well you. Played. The, the, the centre back who made the mistake against us playing at right back oh, for the Jackson two, goal. Yeah, yeah, you lost concentration. Mm. So you put you so you have him at left back, with sitting in front of him Dwight Gale on the left hand side, and so Pablo Hernandez says, "Thank you very much yeah. indeed." Well, I'm, and with it, <laughs> You know, within seconds. You know, they're they're working.
3: Rakeem, Rakeem Harper, as well as the other yeah. the other midfielder in there, he's yeah. Yeah. a rookie as well.
4: He's a rookie teenager, and for him, they feel he's just he needs he needs he needs a rest. They brought in Stefan Johansson, who is struggling to get match fitness. But we'll come. Out, so we we'll look at the players in more detail. The problem for Moore is. That he, it's the tactical cluelessness. One of them said, "It's a shame, but this will all end in tears and soonish." And they are—it's more in sorrow than in anger because they love him. Yeah, they absolutely love him. But um, they say his sides have—they have lots of fight and a never say die attitude—is the kind of—it's you know—in other words, there's no lack of motivation. But he doesn't have the ability to make strategical or tactical decisions. It's both. And one of them said most damningly, "He how he has managed to find and uh, stick with the system that brings the worst out of every single player is a skill." in itself but I found myself thinking of it sounds cruel to make the comparison with Paul Jewell but that lack of reacting to the state of the game in front of him you know once he, had, he came up with a model that worked as Jewell would do but once it was found out and once particularly they lost Barnes the whole thing just disintegrated and, Is there uh, something
3: to be said for um, we, we talked about this briefly before we, we started recording mm. there's a lot of individual quality there isn't there but there's yeah. no team cohesion is, is that another factor yeah. as well?
4: It's a poor man's version of Because that Bruce was Jewel uh, 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 in a and, nutshell, wasn't it? Yeah, it was, exactly. That you're relying on Bullard to produce a moment of magic. You're relying oh, yeah. on Andrews so, or yeah, yeah, exactly. Chopra, so, yeah. So, yeah, exactly. Andrews outside the box to hit a worldie or whatever. That was it, it was that type of thing Whereas there's no there's no shape to the team at all there's no there's no, there's absolutely no pattern but because they have such ridiculous quality they're sitting in fourth but as you say you come up against Sheffield United you come up against Leeds and they don't just get found out they just get blown away so the expectation there is I think it'll be playoff lads and after the Leeds game once said, anyone still confident of finishing the playoffs after that? They're worried about Bristol City. They're worried about Frank Lampard's Derby. They're worried about all these other teams that are sort of massing behind them. And particularly with Derby winning during the week, there's something only, there's only six points now between seven. There's a group of, that group of seven. It's a three. It's a, it's a three and a four. They're worried about they could be the one to miss out though right well
3: there's enough quality in that squad though I mean we'll go Just through sure. it now yeah um, should we start at the back because I think it's easy yeah. to start at the back and work way through because yeah. John goal is, is pretty much never present isn't he and fairly solid yeah. is he still a low e from United
4: no, no, he's, he's he they bought him. He was on loan last okay. no, he's, he's permanent. Um, they're not so sure about him. He's he, the, the part of it is the other thing. Playing at the Hawthorns will be good because they they get on the backs of their players. We saw a bit of it at Wigan. You're so going to see Midlands-y a
3: Midlandsy lot... thing. Wolves Wolves is,
4: do yep. that quite a lot. Villa do that quite a lot. Stoke did it even just further up the road. Exactly that there is there is an issue and Johnson the part of the problem the reason he dwells on the ball in the box is because he has got nothing up there to aim for because the whole thing is so static The pro- one of the big problems West Brom have is that if you press them Leeds are the I mean, are Sheffield United the two worst teams to play from that point of view if you press them high they crack they absolutely crack Johnson and goal then has a problem because he doesn't know how to bring the ball out because he's, he's 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 always looking for options. He has struggled. His he has he has re- regressed as the season has gone on. He he has had some good games lately, but he does um, he d- questions over his command of the area. He saves many shots. He there was a goal against Queens Park Rangers. Queens Park Rangers scored against him. They felt he should have got. Um, so he's not perfect. He's not. He's not—he's not a problem, but the, I think he's kind of a five out of ten for the season, rather than a, oh, okay. a 3 or, a three or a seven. In front of him, the the the, the, the issue, the only issue they have in centre defence, really to me, is the lack of cover. Um, they don't have at fullback particularly. Hagazi, if you're putting a team of the season together, yeah, for we've had a lot about him. This guy. Again, relating back to Barton, the World Cup, he made a slow start to the season coming back from Egypt. He was the Egypt International, but he's grown into the season. And one of them said, there's little they will credit Tony Pulis for, but this signing has to be won in the Plus Cup. Cup. <laughs> he's, a, he's a classic Pulis defender, really, isn't he, yeah. in, that, in that sense? No, he's not a ball player, <clears throat> but an uh, out-and-out defender. Well, it's, it's...
3: It's worth, so there was a, I don't know whether we chatted about this at the time. Mm. Pulis left a lot of scars at West Brom. It kind of... Similar situation yep. to us and, and Mick to an extent. Mick, absolutely, um, yeah. So there's a lot, you know, when there were people linking Mick with the West Brom job, there were two reasons why that was never yeah. going to happen. One is, Mick was at Wolves and that hatred yeah. is very profound um, yeah. but also the style of play I don't think West Brom fans will ever let the owners or the people running the club ever go for someone who plays kind of um, low risk direct football pragmatic um, football, yeah. which might be yeah. the kind of person they, they actually need right now to yeah. drag them over the line to play off so maybe take them up yeah. to the automatics but exactly. anyway that's, that's an aside
4: to, 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 no, it's a good point it's, um, but uh, let's say Higazi beside D- Dawson is interesting uh, Dawson Hagazi is now the leader, I would say, of the back four. Dawson struggles to read games, um, our movement. Leeds's energy and movement was his worst nightmare. He's still a rock-solid defender. He's been with them since 2010. He's a, he's a bit of a... He's you know he's there, Luke Chambers, in a way. He loves the club. He's an absolute stalwart there. But um, they say he's terrible with quick, quick players running at him. Physicality, willing to put his face in where it hurts. You know, you could see it again while Pulis would have loved him. Um, he need, but the other issue they say is that he needs a defensive screen in front of him. Now, when when Barry and Livermore are there and they're playing a weaker team, and Barry and Livermore can can protect the defence, he's fine. But he's the one to get at if you actually break through to get one on one. And that Clayton was a, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> he, he exactly he got found. He was badly found out in the last two games. Um, uh, uh, full, on the yes. Oh, one other. Well, let's talk about him now because Tosin Adarabioyo was um. Again, again, just briefly, he um he they putting him at left back. They, they feel he's being hung out to dry. A decent player, but the one you don't want directing him is Darren Moore. Now, if I'm mistaken, Moore is a defender himself. Yeah, so, I think so it's pretty damning damning uh, uh, on the manager. As a centre back, they like him. They think he could be in a three. He could be the ball player. Good in the air. Good. He's, good good tackling, good in the air, comfortable on the ball. He reads the game well and his positioning is excellent. But when you move him out to left-back, he gets more isolated. He was done for lack of concentration against us. That was the thing that did for him. But... um, it was, uh, they feel he's the centre-half who's been hung out to dry, and certainly against Leeds. Dropping him in there, there was a question of, what was the phrase they said? It was something like, uh, it was, uh, they, 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 w- before the game started, at an hour beforehand when the team was announced, there was, um, they said, uh, what, was what on earth is that side? A flat-back forward, Tosin Adariboi, Adariboi, or, Adariboi, or at left-back, God help us was the phrase oh, that was an hour before the game. They, presume, saw, yeah. they, they saw it coming. The other fullback or the other centre-back we mentioning, I should say, Kyle Bartley, I have to mention this. He has properly regressed, it would appear. Um, in the main, Kyle Bartley points and mutters. Um, can somebody please tell me what Kyle Bartley keeps pointing at? Um, Heads balls 20 yards straight up into the air, relies on shirt pulling and wrestling to contain players as passes lead to opponents' goals. And the thing they don't like, particularly, he has a terrible attitude of blaming others for his failings. You can have two types of vocal defender. There's the one who's vocal and leads and organises everyone, but you've also got somebody who whines. Ah, the miserable moaning, yeah. yeah okay. I, think they've got the, I think that's the problem with him. It's not to do with him being on the left side of the defence. That was discussed because he was left sided when he was with Pontus Janssen at Leeds. But for whatever reason, they call him Calamity Kyle. We won't see him on Saturday but he's a he's a player who sadly sadly has regressed which is interesting they've only got two full backs Kieran Gibbs we know a player of real quality and ability I'd be stunned if he stays if West Brom get promoted Oh he's yeah. left back he's the more attacking of the pair too good for the division his touch and technique are miles better than average I was trying to work out whether there was a parallel with um, Jamal Lewis at, at, at Norwich I don't think there is because the thing Gibbs has an extra dimension on Lewis in that he can go wide or he can go central which is a real problem for a right back because you're never quite sure if he's overlapping. He can overlap, or he can pick the ball up from whoever's in front of him when they're attacking and sc- and sc- go in field. He he's, has the yeah. He
3: ends to... up in the penalty area quite a lot, Gibbs. But he I does. Guess, yeah, yeah, Lewis does as well now. But
4: yeah yeah he's a he's a really dangerous player um at right back they've also solved a problem there because they as i say they really we we found, you know we got that late goal against them um holgate mason holgate sorry signing me? this one isn't it yeah. he played for barnsley for a while he's ex, um, on loan from everton 22 year old um uh, he, they, they like him he gives them real balance now he's probably the slightly more defensive they say he's an outlet up the wings but I think of the two he'd be slightly more defensive than Gibbs I think Gibbs would be the one who'd really motor forward there is an issue with him a little bit of Sam Morsi here a fiery side to him Ooh, um, okay. Now they say he's, Holgate is a good player but perhaps a bit too passionate but then again that's what makes him the player he is he has a bit of an attitude but he tackles well and is a nice, he has a nice touching pace skill and pace he, they like him technically he's very good he's he stepped up to the role very, very well, but there is something you know. He can be needled from what they're saying, so that's worth bearing. Oh, in mind We've started
3: being a little bit yeah. shit housey, haven't we? So maybe we, we have Alan, indeed.
4: So whoever whoever we've got playing on the up front on the left can just maybe just uh, just see, see 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 where it takes Alan us. Judge, maybe yeah yeah. 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 So as so I say, that's as I say. But you can see the caliber when you've got Agassi and Gibbs in the defence. You know, this is as I say, this is what we're up against. No the midfielders we're, we're splitting the two Barry. Um, splitting oh. the midfield into holding and creative because two slight differences between the two Barry and Livermore are probably the two they would be the two front line holding players just quickly um, 17
3: bookings between the pair of those two
4: there you go you'll That's be surprised
3: it. to hear that um, Livermore has more um, hmm. 9 to Barry's 8 but um, blimey uh, Gareth Barry I mean he's yeah. good he's on him for still yeah. playing but he yeah,
4: yeah. he was slow um, at Everton um, so. Yeah, I wonder whether he's going backwards. I've written down Jekyll and Hyde player, depending on who they're playing. Um, they say about him that, um, and it does have a knock-on effect with Rakeem Harper for the, sitting in front of them, as good as Barry is, he can't get back into position if we lose possession. This is against the quick teams. Um, in open games against teams who move the ball quickly, he's horrific, they said. Mm-hmm. He runs the show against poor opponents where his decision-making is superb. In the higher tempo games, his passing is terrible because he just can't keep up with the pace of the game. But um, his positioning, his composure are really, really good when they're on top of it but when they're not on top of it it can unravel pretty quickly and livermore i've written down is like a poor man's barry he's if anything he's he's worse he's he's not he's only he's 29 he's not that old he's um but again no mobility he takes three touches before moving the ball sideways or backwards they said about him he's such a totally tony pulis player you can see mick loving him he was one of the players last season who didn't rock the boat he was very loyal he you know you could trust him as a manager he was exemplary but he's a hard worker with limited technical ability and lacking the pace to recover a solid workhorse but when you have him and barry in together you're automatically unbalancing the midfield um the plan b is a sam field who's a youth product who has played a fair bit often off the bench a decent player he will protect the defense and keep it simple um he was in the he got into the team a fair bit last season but a lot of them blamed i think was powered who hung him out to dry they said um, he is actually quite a good player I seem to recall yeah. that. Sorry, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they 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 think he's a good player. Who he's only twenty one, but they feel he wasn't he wasn't looked he wasn't properly managed last he season. He's chucked
3: into. I think he was chucked into a really significant fixture. I think It was might be in the Huddersfield game where they mm. lost. Yeah, and I rem- yeah. and I remember Pardew kind of yeah. sticking his hands up and saying, "Oh, it's my fault." But blah, dot dot dot. You know that? Yeah. yeah. But it wasn't
4: Sorry, really. that was just. Um, yeah. yeah. No, it's interesting. Exactly. They say there may be a confidence issue in the Queens Park Rangers game. They felt he was hiding behind the strikers. He didn't dictate the game the way they feel he can do. He's one of those players who could transform a defensive three-man midfield into a more attacking one. But um, that will come in time. They're happy with him, but he's not. It's he's getting there. Let's just say. But um, but um, yeah. So there's say, a load that, of
3: names that... in there as well, though, Harry. So yeah, yeah. I'm just. I've, I've got the squad in front of me here. There's other other mid- midfielders that I would.
0: Terms conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first.
1: ProPilot is an advanced driver-assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times.
0: Blue Monday are delighted to be partnered with TalkSport Fan Network and NordVPN, giving you the best possible offering for browsing the internet securely. NordVPN opens up global streaming options for content not available in your region by switching your virtual location quicker than Wesburn's running down the wing. To get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com forward slash blue monday or click the link in the podcast or YouTube subscription to be taken straight there. Supporting us here at Blue Monday in the process.
2: Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like home comforts. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home advantage with delivery. You win? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com.
3: They yeah, may be injured, you might be able yeah. to help me out here. Matt uh, Phillips, yeah. James Morrison, yeah. um, Houlihan um, is there.
4: The, I was just talking about the defensive ones there, but there, oh, there, okay. there's, a, there's a lot on the creative but, side. But in terms um,
3: of a solid three, and then you maybe think of a 4-3-3 three, three with, with Wiggers and yeah. maybe stick out in the middle. But there just seems yeah. a lot... Of, and even Chris Brunt could possibly play central midfield. Yeah. Are these plays injured or out of favour or is there... More I think Brun. has
4: no Brun, Brun, been injured. He hasn't. He played. He made a substitute appearance off the bench against. Um, who was it against? It was against Middlesbrough. That was about eight games ago. But he hasn't been seen since. I think right. he's carrying. I think he's carrying an. But was my hill as well? There's, you know. It's one of these clubs. That they've got. It's an absurd. Tyrone Mears is still there, you know. They've, 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 there's only one ball, as the great Giovanni Trapattoni saying. So you can have all these players, but there's only there's only one ball for them to play with. So yeah. you know, it's you know, it's how you use them. Um, in terms of, they also brought in. Stefan Johansson, and 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 from on loan from Fulham. Now we saw what he did last year, but he's in. He seems to be in a catch twenty two situation in that he doesn't seem to be able to get match fitness, and therefore they can't they can't play him because he hasn't got match fitness. They um he hasn't got going, and it could be as well that having these other two, um, Darby and Joan, sitting behind him, that there that that does unbalance whoever's sitting in front of them because their role is naturally different. If the two holding players haven't got the legs to to, to to help out. Um, he they feel if they could get him going, he's like a pit bull who could give us all. And there's a feeling with a lot of them that Moore just has to stick with him and let him get the match fitness. He could well play against us tomorrow. This could yeah. be the game where you could bring him in, get him 90 minutes. Low risk fixture, isn't yeah, it? low risk fixture in that sense. And if it's not working after an hour, then maybe try something else. But they talk about him being off the pace. It's really odd because we saw what he did for Fulham last year. But it's some there's something. It's just not. It's just not happened for him. The other regular player in that sort of in that front of midfield role is Rakeem Harper and he's um they felt the Leeds game was a game too far for him. The most telling comment was the fact that one said that Harper's best games are when Gareth Barry is pulling the strings. When Barry struggles, Harper runs himself into the ground trying to cover for him. He's only 18. Okay, yeah. they, feel he, they feel he needs a rest. It's been, you know, he's had Sheffield United, all these big games coming one after another. And they can, Mick used to do, it, was very good at that actually. Sometimes a younger player, they can be cooked and they need just, just, just to get out Breathe some air, just get out of the intensity of it before coming back in again. He was—they felt he was really out of his steps in the Leeds game—and and tellingly took far too long to get started. But they, he's a lively midfielder, good creative outlet. He has strength and pace to beat a man. He's only a teenager. He's a real prospect for them. Wesley Hoolahan. Wesley. 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 Um he's i think he's gone over now and it's rather bizarre again they extended his contract in january which left them he he came off the bench i think or in the um, the cup game if i'm not mistaken against um no he started actually the cup game against uh, brighton which the last That was on television he started in on that one um Technical tidy player, we all know that, but he, his, his, his legs have gone, no strength. The zip of pace that used to get him past players has gone, even if he does have Nelson guile. I often describe him as a locksmith, but, uh, you know, he, knowing our luck, given what Oliveira did last week, he'll probably come off the, come bench, the bench, and, bench. yeah. yeah one, last, one last hurrah, you know, go on, mock us. You know, we've had everything else, but... Um, but Houlihan, I think he's now he's very much receding. Morrison is the other option again. I think he had, a, if I'm not mistaken, I think he had an, he, an ankle injury. I could be wrong on that, but he's been at, he's been in and out of the team. But he came in against Leeds and he again struggled with the pace of the game. There's an issue with his consistency. He's 32 now. One good game and four anonymous ones. He is a player who can link with the front three and find a killer pass to unlock defensively-minded teams, so he could be another option in midfield for them. He does have an eye for passes that others don't have, but his days of attacking pushes behind the forward lines have gone. It seems to me a sense of his urgency is gone. Okay. They talked about the fact that he doesn't. they needed a fighter in midfield against Leeds, and he wasn't the fighter, which is an uh, interesting I, one. I always
3: used to think he was one that used to break the line and had a shot yeah. from range, actually. In the Prem here, yeah. I remember him scoring quite a few long-range goals. I think possibly that's right he was
4: yeah yeah um and then as I say Matthew Phillips as well they see him more as a great player yeah they see him more as a wide player actually they feel he needs space is he from is
3: he Blackpool am I trying to um...
4: yeah he was Wickham Blackpool he played for Queen's Park Rangers then before moving in I think last year he struggled in the Premier League he had a really tough season last year he was one player who receded and I think there was a loss of faith from some of the the baggies in him as a player but um they like him direct energetic with the ability to run foot defenders on his Score's day a he, goal as well yeah it's a it's a consistency team but they do feel he needs space they think he's wasted up front you don't put him up immediately butting up against a defender you need to play him in some sort of a more withdrawn role whether that's out wide or whether it's centrally where he can actually where he can actually operate as it were but they mm. feel he's wasted up top running from deep they think um as I say, the other two wingers they've got while we're on them: Jacob Murphy, Jefferson Montero. Murphy's can...
3: going to score, isn't he?
4: <sighs> yeah, he could do. He missed the last two games, but I think he is fit. I think he'd, uh, he he picked up a he picked up a, 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 it was a it was a knock rather than an injury. Um, they like him. He takes his man on. His delivery from open play is quite good. A familiar criticism: this has come up before. He's quite lightweight. Um, physically Um, they worry about him in physical games against strong defenders but the big strength of we all know this is turn of pace which Mm. can get him past full backs and he puts in it's not so much that he whips in crosses they like his low cutbacks and it's a question of the others anticipating and timing their runs well if you've got Gale or J. Rodriguez sniffing around then yeah yeah they don't want him to take any set pieces. That's the other thing. They just take a set piece. Yeah, why would he be,
3: be anywhere near yeah. a set piece? That's weird. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
4: But um, no, he's apparently, he, well, certainly in, in some of the recent games they've been, he's getting hammered for them. And Jefferson Montero, I always feel this with Jefferson Montero, the name reminds me of a sort of West uh, West Coast American kind of Steely Dan type band. Oh, okay. Is it Jefferson, Jefferson Airplay or something? Yeah, that maybe, that's what, maybe that's where it's come from. It could yeah. be that. Now it's Jefferson Montero, and they're going to play some slick number. Anyway, They're Don't forget to tip <laughs> a... your waitress. Yeah. If, if Ben's listening, that's as musical as we're going to get, mate. So don't, don't <laughs> expect any more than that. But, but but they really think Montero is. I mean, he came is on loan from Swansea, Ecuador international, um, ex Villarreal originally, and um, he they see him as a bench option nothing more he's the best impact sub you'll get at this level this guy needs to come on after 70 minutes in virtually every game he looks lively when he comes on he has pace (laughs) here we go again he doesn't make great decisions and lacks quality the great winger truism that we always get blows hot and cold but um (laughs) but they flatters to deceive you know he sometimes he doesn't always pick the right he misses moments when the right the right pass comes along um so he's an option there's also a guy Kyle Edwards I don't think we're going to see him he's a 21 year old he's quite direct but sometimes he he runs the risk of getting caught in possession because sometimes he dwells on the ball when he gets into a into a good position he can get mugged and then you know, if you're playing a team like Birmingham, who play on the counter, that that would be a real problem. Is he a but, youth um,
3: prospect? Did you say?
4: He's a youth, he's a youth, he played on loan at, at Exeter um, for for a bit, but he's a youth prospect. He's a youth product. He's very much Plan B. My sense is that it would be Murphy playing up with the two we'll talk about: Gail and Rodriguez. But before we come to them, quickly passing on to Hal Robson-Kanu. Oh, oh it's still right. They see the names. It's it's absurd. Most of you know all of these. You know, you could say. Take whatever 11 you want, West Brom, and whoever left over most of them will probably walk into the Ipswich team. The names that they've got, the experience, it's it's, um, how we can't get them organised. But Robson Canu, I think, is actually, he's, for years looking at Reading forums, this... What we're hearing here, Robson Cano would have a 20-page thread, no problem at all. He absolutely divided opinion. The, and the killer comment, let's hope that Robson Canu has had his 1-in-10 performance. But I think that happened three or four games back. You yeah. all remember the great goal he scored against Belgium in the Euros. And that got him an end of... Um, window transfer but they think he was a classic end of window transfer that he was a kind of oh let's have him anyway because there's no one else and he's, he's yeah, quite his, his status was quite high wasn't he because it was he yeah. was i think reading were mm-hmm. definitely
3: championship at that point so it was a step yeah. up for him but yeah i don't think yeah, uh, yeah i think it was a queue yeah. of clubs but
4: yeah. no yeah, he's, he's got yeah.
3: four goals this season so yeah, yeah. they
4: talk about him he, he puts he does have you know he has to have some attributes he puts in a shift on physical op- physical he? yeah exactly yeah. He's, he's athletic so he is that option but um, they say he only turns up once in the blue moon. Um, they said there was a yeah. He has no attributes other than a fat backside which hits the deck many more times than he miscontrols the ball, and that takes some doing. Wow, well, there you and, go. And, and the other one I loved was I'm happy. They were talking about one of them said my heart sinks when he comes on after 85 minutes played, and another guy came on and said no, I'm happy when he lumbers on with 85 minutes played, as it means I won't have to watch him lumbering around the pitch for an hour and a half. <laughs> yeah, like, at least we. <laughs> Everything's relative. Oh, oh dear. So that's I just what, could that's... imagine
3: those sayings in the in the yeah. in the black country accent in, in as well. The
4: accent, the accent exactly. Oh. You know, the, you know, the fatalism is there, which then takes us on to the front two, which is um, Jay Rodriguez oh. and Dwight Gale.
3: <laughs> I mean, you can't go wrong with it. So, how many no. goals is it between them? Thirty-two goals between them. Yeah, yeah. But it's, you so. can't. Go, this is mm-hmm. Jay Rodriguez. Is a he's. These goal stats are pretty. He's never been super prolific, but his all-round play—he's a really smart footballer, isn't he? Gail, yeah. you know exactly what you'll get with Gail. He's kind of—he's the fox in the box, kind of the—you yeah. know the finisher. Is no, it a four-four-two they should be playing, Harry? Am I, well, that's that's is, what they think. Is it too that's, dumb that's, to that's, just play four-four-two?
4: No, I don't think it is. I think they could play four-four-two with the with the quality they've got. They could, or they, yeah, they, they, yes. It, it just—it's—it it's, screams that to be honest, as, as a pairing up front with Rodriguez. And Gail operating around him, but um no, they it's more has sticks with this mess you know you could easily take Livermore out and stick a winger on and you know and it would it wouldn't yeah. affect the balance against against, against, time, I, I, yeah. against a team like ourselves, you know who who you know we're still try, 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 still finding our feet um interestingly though, I mean for all the goals he scored. Rodriguez divides opinion, believe it or not. Um, one of them says, you know, he doesn't hide, he works hard, he scores a ton of goals. We really should praise him. And there, this is an interesting insight. One of them said that he reacts to play. He's a striker who reacts to play rather than anticipating it, which therefore can give off the impression that he's not lazy, but he's behind, he's slow okay. in his thinking. So um he's not somebody who'll necessarily instigate but he's somebody who's a pragmatist in the you know he can read a situation well and that the, actively... the goal
3: that he scored at Portman Road is testament yeah. to that that was instinct well, I thought that was instinctive yeah. but exactly. maybe it was reading it I don't know
4: Yeah, yeah but the problem is if you if you're doing that then the it can then the, the the counter to that is that maybe your your wider attacking play may not be as strong and they have criticised that he doesn't you know in terms of the build up play etc he's he's he, you know, before you get into the box before you get to that moment when when you can finish they feel that he's very frustrating that he doesn't necessarily contribute enough so it's, it's, a, it's a subtle it's a subtle argument but he does get hammered by them they you know they talk about the fact that there's no fear of him picking up an injury because he hides from physical challenges um, well which he is was a, he had a massive yeah. injury didn't he if he's Yes, okay. that's a good point. Actually, I'm not. I'm not defending the West Brom fans. No, I'm just no, no, no. I'm just, reporting I'm plain, their no. feedback. Yeah, yeah. W- w- given the number of goals he's, you know, given he's scored a hatful of goals, they should be, you know, glad they'll have him because, like, once again, if they drop, if you know, if they don't go up this year, he'll be, he'll be gone. He will be gone. This is the glass um, half-empty uh, kind of philosophy exactly. that you generally see with these Midlands yeah. clubs as well. Yeah, and that's for Gales. Very briefly, there. Um Uh, The the thing about Gale is the the lack of physicality. He's not a wide player, is he? If he's out wide, he's been in the wrong position, isn't he? Exactly that. They talk about he can't hold the ball up. They feel that that's the only reason... He's not made it in the top flight. He's that classic in between, too good for us, not good enough for the Premier League. He has pace out wide, as far, but the problem again with him being out wide, we saw it in the early times with Freddie, um, and it was it, it has good and, good and bad sides. His first instinct was to get in the box. He won't hug the touchline. He just doesn't. He will always drift inside. Mm-hmm. Um, but he busses around, making nuisance of himself. He's very good at pressing teams up. The, you know, he does. He's a hard worker at the other end. But. Um, his um, his pace and finishing are spot on yep. for the championship, which we know. So as to say, if he's but, in the middle, we we'll
3: be in trouble, I think.
4: Yeah, but sticking him out in the wing. Thank you very much. As yeah. I say, James James Bree would quite happily do a nice, you know, be able to do a job on him. It's it's a fascinating situation this is when you look at that squad. It is absurd the number of household names they have, and the fact that he can't that Moore can't. Organise them into something that's greater than the sum of the parts. It's is, pretty depressing uh, actually, isn't it? It is. It really is, you know, yeah. And you
3: look at the lack of the lack of quality that we have in depth in our yeah. squad and you think, you know, even Lambert could play a better tune out of that squad I think than... And anyone, yeah. You know, and, yeah. and maybe, again, we've, we talked about it with Stoke and Nathan Jones versus Paul Lambert. Mm-hmm. Maybe Lambert will... You know, have a few tricks up his sleeve on Saturday. Yeah. You never know.
4: You, you know, you could have seen, you know, mixed team last year going up there, but the with Mark and the the, the the squad that we had, yeah, and they would have just so done a number on this. That would lock. have been they, a they, one 0 yeah. It would have been a one 0 or a two-one go off from have, a corner have, or something. Yeah, eighty-five minutes. We know what <laughs> you can see. <laughs> Alas, we always say this, this is the caveat. We say to everybody like you say, we highlight the errors and weaknesses, but whether we're equipped to deal with these is another issue. but <laughs> yeah. at least we at least we can highlight them. We Bring
3: fifty percent to the party. The rest of it is <laughs> exactly. up to where <laughs> Yeah. Up. Brilliant stuff, <laughs> Harry. That was. I really enjoyed that one. That was good. good. Um, yeah. Should we do? Um, so we did a combined eleven. I think you and Ben did the combined eleven back in November. Yeah. Um, We'll probably end on a comment on Bristol City as well, because that's the mid yeah. Um, game. Yeah. Um, Daryl's done us a combined 11, but I think we'll let him tweet that out, and we can get any yeah. responses to that. Should we do the mm. questions, and then we should we talk about some of these book recommendations that we've received? Yes, do. Yep,
0: so let's start with the
3: questions. Um, I'll take them in the order that I see them. Um, Jim Robbins. Um, mm-hmm. Harry talks about partnerships... And bonds yep. within the team a lot, quite rightly. What partnerships does he th- does he think work, if any, in our team, and can we keep them going for next season? Any yeah. partnerships developing that you've um, seen?
4: brilliant question i've thought about this one it does, better players form quicker bonds that's that's an absolute that's obvious that's, it's it's um but it has to be said and in that context if we hold on to alan judge he has a natural ability to make those create connections because he's the most creatively talented he will he will lock in that's why he's in many he ways lambert's given him quite a free role from what i've seen because he's able to read other players games with tremendous intelligence so if Will Keen was to stay, for example, judging and Keen as a partnership. At Wigan,
3: that was a really key yeah. partnership. Wasn't
4: yeah, it? that what would that do in League One? Just, it would oh. just kill teams. It would just be awful, you know, for the teams we were up against. They would, they could really, you know, that could be very destructive. Um, that said, you see, assuming we keep Judge, Judge Nolan Edwards network possibly playing off Keane, Jackson or Harrison could also be very destructive. That would work quite nicely. The other one I would think of in League One again would be a bishop's nolan and downs trio Ooh. that could again you could see that, working. Yeah, that yeah the one area and this goes back to what we were saying earlier i keep going on about the fact that the defense to me is as many ways as big a problem if not bigger than up front that back four needs such a rebuild because of what we of what we have at the moment i'm not confident nor am i confident as well with the full backs you're thinking well could ken lot link forward could josh you know could, you know if you keep brie it'd be great then you could see brie and edwards maybe working on something together if as long as edwards is preferred to get back um but but that's the area and and also the other area which is vital to me is the two center backs and the keeper that's that needs that piece of the jigsaw absolutely needs to be locked in and i think we're more miles away from it at the moment but but certainly but certainly midfield and in the final third there's there's the potential for some for some serious fun next season yeah Mm. yeah Mm
0: um
4: jack slada jack
3: mclean um this is my first trip to the hawthorns um enjoy it i would suggest maybe spending more time in the city center beforehand than going straight to the ground um i'm making a detour to the cabri's world well there you go he's he's got plans um in our current state what chocolate bar best describes itfc i have an answer already for this and i'm so pleased with it but i'll let you go for it no 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 no, you
4: you lead you lead you lead it's a flake you beat me to it <laughs> ah, great minds I wanted, to, I wanted to give it to you no, I, that was that, that instantly like you know, came up you know, you know maybe we can turn it turn it into a twirl you never know <laughs> oh,
3: poetry as well brilliant indeed uh, <laughs> yeah. so um, Taco Man <laughs> the real Taco Man mm. um, we finished in the top half of the table in League One maybe pushing for a play-off spot be the aim next year it would be great to bounce straight back but um he thinks we have to be realistic thoughts yeah. on what's re- if when um league 1 is confirmed what is reasonable expectations for us
4: yeah, I echoed Lambert talk today but we have to hold our nerve next season I think when he said that in today's press conference that's what I think he was talking about um, don't underestimate the scale of the rebuild mm. I really say that to everybody well the defence as
3: you say I think that yeah. is absolutely critical
4: yeah and I mean there's teams that I you know there are some teams you would hope that you would be able to dominate and beat but you've got teams like Peterborough and Charlton floating around in there. And they're the ones that worry me as much as anything. They're sort of, you know, these are their streetwise operators, those clubs. And they're the ones that you've got to, you know, yeah, hopefully, you know, we can get ourselves settled into the top 10, September, October, just, you know, sort of 7, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, somewhere around there. And then let's grow into the campaign. That's how I'd say it. But yeah. um, don't underestimate the scale of the work. And we need to be patient. Don't think we're going to go in and kill this league because we're not. Yeah.
3: Agree with that. Yeah. Although I think... I think... The, one. the view that we, um, League One would be a disaster for the club. I think financially it would, but yeah, I, there's a, there, as you kind of say, 50% of the league is, is something to be worried about, 50% maybe not. You know, yeah, there is still a drop off in quality in League One, yeah, in comparison to being the bottom end of the Championship. Um, yeah. but yeah, I quite agree that that, that rebuild is significant. Um, yeah. Mullet, a yeah. quick one, we talked a lot about this, but um, Mullet's. Given us an option here, is Darren more a fraud or doing a very good job in difficult circumstances? I guess the <laughs> angle on that one is what are the difficult circumstances? What circum You know, I can't, I can't with parachute think. money and a squad full of
4: quality, should he be? Do- I
3: think we both agree he should be doing better. Should not he?
4: If he's got difficult circumstances, what are what are ours? Um, <laughs> Quite I think, right. No, I, it's it's cruel to call it's cruel to call somebody a fraud, but I think I would certainly say he's possibly underperforming. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's as diplomatic as I'm prepared to say. I think. Agreed. Yeah, I don't, I don't. I don't think he's a manager. I think he's a coach. I just don't think he's a manager. Yeah. Mm.
3: So I'm. There we go. i um, The questions are outweighed by book recommendations this week. So. Yeah. Um, Simo, um, would Lambert's preferred system four-two-three-one um, work in League One, or can you see him switching to four-four-two, either with wide wingers or? in midfield Um, he thinks two strikers is a must Um, does he start getting those tactics in now any thoughts of systems or is it too early to be thinking about league one systems
4: no we talked about this earlier just as mick wouldn't change his way of playing lambert will deploy his one up front he knows that system so well i think will when he brought will Keane in that's the signifier you know he's looking for a grand hold type he wants somebody strong to lead the line who will break up defenses and will allow then the other players to push forward get us 10 yards up the field and then we can start hurting opponents i can't see that changing um he's had to adapt this season given the mess he's inherited and he always talks about people over formations Remember, before the Wigan game, he talked about the personnel he had rather than just having a system, as it were. He's not inflexible. I think Mick was probably less flexible, actually, than Lambert is because Mick wouldn't, simply wouldn't change his way of playing unless he absolutely had to. But I could see Lambert using four-four-two as a plan B, mm-hmm. no question. And against, you know, if you feel we need an extra goal, if we feel we're dominating a game, let's get an extra striker on to help the goal difference kind of thing. But um, I can't see him changing. He's... he's that's that's my sense of Lambert anyway. That he's I know he's he's more of a motivator than a tactician, but he's always had that one line leader, and then everything then working off that, then getting up the field. So it's it's yeah. fascinating. Yeah, and if you've got yeah. the
3: quality out wide, I think that one up front doesn't become isolated. Which oh god no. So, yeah, um, yeah, that's a good yeah. shout out there. Um, After yeah. people, this came, this came up on um, the flagship yeah. as well. I'm interested to get your thoughts on this as well. The, no, the Nolan question. Yeah, there. how big a player could Nolan be next season? Not sure we've seen him in his best role. He's yep. mainly played further forward for Shrewsbury um could Nolan thrive as a number 10?
4: i I'd written Nolan off after the Brentford game the one all draw because I felt he hid in that game myself um but I think in the right team and setup up with someone like George Bishop as a foil or in a more competitive team where we're actually where everybody's not being overwhelmed around him, I think he could actually blossom because in that position you are really dependent on others around you to to give you permission to do the game you want to play the game you want to play um I suspect his confidence was hammered in the first few months of the season, and the best may be yet to come. The evidence, a bit like on Edwards, will be around his consistency and not just flashes. Yeah. That's that's what will tell us. We know what he's capable of, but that's that's going to be the question for Nolan, I think. But but I'm not, I haven't written him off by any means. And it'll be fascinating now to see with a good manager in a, in a system that's working and in a properly competitive team, he might, you know, a little bit, it's like putting water on a plant and watching it come to life. Well, let's, 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 let's see what the flower looks like. He, yeah.
3: I think he needs to take a little bit more responsibility for yeah um, moving the play forward. I think, the, yes, I think maybe there was yeah. an expect, his expectation was that was someone else's job, but if you've got and yeah. Chalabra alongside you, you are the one to push forward. And I think, it's, yeah, ex- first half of the season, yeah. he just didn't do that, did he? Um, yeah. Just quickly as a contrast to the the question we asked before about League One, um Chrissy Day. Um are people under, underestimating the difficulty of League One? Sunderland have lost twice all season and aren't even in the top two. Approximately half the league have been in the championship have been championship club in recent times. Any thoughts on maybe am I am underestimating League One?
4: goes go back to Man's question no i i think uh, i'm not underestimating league 1 at all yeah. it's, it's 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 in its own way it's as streetwise as the championship that's the best way to put it on a lower level and in theory we should have more than enough because we're going in as as a, heavy, a relative heavyweight so we should have more than enough to compete but um I'm, I wouldn't underestimate that uh, underestimate that league at all. I really wouldn't. Yeah. And,
3: and Timothy Ann's kind of a complimentary question to that is: What, yeah. what do you make of the overall quality of the championship? Um, he's not seen anyone he's been impressed, apart from maybe Sheffield United or Portman Road. Um, g- going down seems worse to me because we are losing to mediocre and poor teams. But is Norwich the only team that have uh, got any kind of consistency at the top end of the table? I mean, Leeds... Had a pretty poor run. Derby have dropped away as as well. Um, Yeah. Is it a a, low-quality championship?
4: It's a paradox, that really, isn't it? Because in many ways... The championship is way more competitive than it was 10 years ago and the amount of money that's invested in it. But just as equally, so many people complain about the quality of the games that are on offer, and it could be just the nature of the football that's evolved within the championship. You know, so often it's mistakes getting punished that win games rather than moments of weakness, rather than necessarily the out-and-out creativity you see in other divisions for, for, the, for the for the size of it, given it's one of the biggest in Europe. It's a funny question. Um, What would I say? It's... um.
3: Are there any teams that you can single out as having been impressive from what you've seen?
4: No, it's, it's, it's flashes really, isn't it? I mean, Norwich, yeah, they are very impressive, but they win all their games 3-2. That raises questions, and it certainly raises questions, could they do a Fulham if they got promoted, for example? Hmm. Um, Sheffield United are probably the most complete team, um, but I do think of the ones who are down who are vying for promotion. I think if Leeds go over with Bielsa, they would be the ones most equipped in the way Wolves were to stay up there, partly because of Bielsa and the upgrades that they'd get. Bielsa plus money is a problem in the Premier League for the teams. Yeah. That's what I would say. Yeah, It's an interesting question, but I I, I think they ought, a lot of the teams at the higher end of the table flatter to deceive. Agreed. Yeah. Yep.
3: Yeah. yeah. Um, One more question, we'll end on this one. Um, Nathan Beals, um, overlooking the negatives, there are plenty of those. What Mm. three ITFC positives can you guys think of this season? Um, He suggested um, blue action, um, Mm. the better club fan engagement um, and signs of more positive football. Admittedly, not much to talk about. um, But any positives from your
4: perspective, Harry? Um, I echo what he said. I've, I've written down the darkest hours just before the dawn. Actually, when I saw Nathan's question, that was the Heisley. phrase that came in. Uh, <laughs> and there are, and there are some, there are, there are definitely um, some optimistic things. It's for me, Lambert and his identify, not just in his arrival, but as identifying the need to reconnect the club with its supporters. You have to have an identity before you can actually move forward. Yeah, and I think he's incredible. Goes back to this Man United
3: fan that you were talking to yeah. as well.
4: Yeah, yeah, it's exactly that. You know, there's a certain way, of, and we always talk this—the the, the great mythical Ipswich way. But we do have a way of seeing the game. We have a play. We play with confidence. One of the reasons I love this club is that whenever we get into the top flight, we just don't go up and make up the numbers. We tend to go up and see if we can bloody a few noses. Ooh. We did it under Burley. We did it under Ramsey. We did it under Robson. Did it under we Lyle. You know. We were top yeah,
3: exactly. five. Yeah. were aren't
4: we At Christmas. Yeah. Exactly. You know, we don't. That's that's one of the things. When we are confident, when we play to the fullness of our personality it's it's a joy it really is because we just you know we just tear it up it's it's one of the great strengths and i think lambert has actually identified that that's the truth that has been sleeping in many ways for years and that's what he's trying to rekindle he's very strategic in his thinking so that's so lambert's a real positive i do think the way i mean talk touched on it earlier the way our supporters have shown their real class and their true colors this season it's been phenomenal unlike other clubs who may you know, other other sets of fans who shall, shall remain nameless. But that, to me, even though we're in severe adversity and so much salt keeps getting rubbed into the wounds, we just want to say, no, we're not. You know, we're not going to take this. We will come back, and um, that 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 it gives me great hope. Blue Action, the most obvious example, but not just them. I mean, the Southwest Group. Let's let's bang on about John Banger. They've they've got themselves a banner. It may only be a banner, but I know the amount of enthusiasm, work, thought. That's gone into that, um, and they're going to unveil it at Ashton Gate on Tuesday night. It'll be brilliant to brilliant. see. It's, but it's what it represents. It represents yes. the fact that this is, you know, we've, you know, you know, we're not giving up on the club. We're not giving up as, as a set of supporters. We can see hope out of this, and we, you know, and when that, when that comes, it will be joyous to have. It really will. Mm. Um, number three on Nathan's list. I've written. A, I just wrote down the name. It's a small thing, but I loved Jack Lancaster. Um, I'm sure I could be wrong, but there's something about him I really like and I remember it's just the Stoke game. He was up against Eric Peters and it was hilarious. He just, Peters would have thought, "Okay, who's this young whippersnapper? I'll deal with him. He gave as good as he got. And if that's symbolic of the personality of the young players coming through, it could be fun. It could be real fun next season. And I think Lambert again hinted at that today in his press conference when he talked about the fact that a lot of players may not realise what they've learnt this season until next season. And yep. uh, uh, it's a small thing, but uh, there we go. So. Uh,
3: and the fact that uh, another positive, if you're looking for it, is that um, firstly, that um, the club have been awarding these young players their first professional contracts. And yep. There's the hope potentially that some of them might feature before the end of the season. Mm-hmm. But actually, mm-hmm. Lambert has said, I would rather have Portman Road full and yep. give away some of my transfer budget to do that and yep. bring through the youth players. And, yeah. you know, obviously he'd want the money if it was there. Um, yeah. But that's, again, Lambert acknowledging what the fans want to see, a bit of a strategy, acknowledging yeah. that he wants a, a full stadium. But also, there's a role for the youth players in League One, because there should be no fear for the likes of Downs or Bishop who are going to League One. Nor if, should there be really us playing likes of Corey Darver perhaps, or, yeah. or Jack Lancaster every week.
4: Yeah, it's, keep, it's getting the balance, because you do need... I mean, that's why, going back to Luke Chambers, I think Marcus can't sit on the fence with Luke Chambers he needs to make a confident decision preferably to keep him let's put him let's put a marker down and say right positive decision we need a blend of experience we need a few gnarled veterans who who know the game who can help bring these players along it's getting that balance right but you're absolutely right there's no reason why these players can't come in and blossom it doesn't work everywhere but Huddersfield one of the key things they did when they regrouped in in the championship a few years ago was they hammered down the ticket prices mm. and packed out the ground and it wasn't the only thing but it, it, it was probably worth x number of points a season to them and those points could have been the thing that actually got them promoted in the end yeah, so it, sure. it is it's a viable strategy it really is yeah, yeah.
3: Mm. and i guess the one thing that i add in i add in from a kind of definitely from a more selfish perspective in respect of Blue Monday and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Just meeting people, you know, up and down the country, kind of travel around and there's always kind of the core there, but there's always someone who, you know, always meeting people and um, introducing yourself to people and saying hello and people tap on the shoulder and, you know, Wigan miles away from any or any of us. We're kind of a long way from home and you've got a table and a room full of Ipswich town fans who are are communing with each other and just being part of it. And, that yeah. to me is, is, is just yeah. as important,
4: I think. You put your finger on it. Is it the word communing? We are a community. We properly are a community, and it's you know just I'm, I'm so proud to have, have met and to know so many Ipswich Town supporters. I just know how brilliant they are, and mm. not being patron I'm not patronising when I say that. It's an absolute. It really is. It really is a privilege to be part of that group and to support this team. And as I say, and you know, and that's with very little in terms of on the pitch relative to what other teams to go on, just think of what it can be like, you know, you know, when we, you know, if we can get some rocket fuel into, into the machine. Yeah. yeah
3: absolutely right. Yeah. Let's do a couple of minutes of, of, um, these book, books, World Book yes. Day football God. book recommendations. Have yeah. you got one quickly that you want to start with, Harry? Because I've no, got I'm one happy. that I wanted to put in front. I'm no,
4: happy. I'm happy to run through the list because it's. I'll just. I've got my. I've got so many favorites. I mean, my my Ipswich, my all time Ipswich book. I adore it, and at some point we'll, we'll talk about it. Is the Mel Henderson's book, Mister John. It's it's the nearest thing John Cobbled ever did to an autobiography. You all know it. It is. I will not give my copy up for love <laughs> or money. I adore that book, and I often if if am down in the dumps i will pick it up because mr john for all of the the kind of gentle absurdity in many ways the the humor and the kind of the, the flippancy that it's easy to mischaracterize him as actually as an owner was at, was spot on he mm. knew when judgment was needed the way he backed bobby when the against yes. and the, the his understanding of that relationship between the manager and the owner how vital that is you know when you strip all of the all of the kind of the ephemera away, he's um oh he was he was an absolutely brilliant owner you know different era i know but um, but yeah but that's so that would be my yeah that's that's probably of all of my books that's the one i Love deeply, yeah. Good stuff. Mm. So, mm.
3: what I'll do is, um, oh, yeah. I'll, I'll try and list these out tomorrow if I can. I'll, I'll do a thread or something and yeah, make sure everyone can find these. The one that Was I'd a, recommend that I've been brilliantly slowly yeah. reading over quite a while actually, because it's quite a tough read, is um, A Life Too Short. Um, it's about Robert Anker, the German goalkeeper, yeah, who sadly yeah. took That's his own cool. life. Um, yeah. And it's a, and the book is about his kind of rapid rise. Um, in the game um, and yep. I think he was at um, Barcelona potentially going yep. to Man United as well um, but just how depression took hold of him and, and yep. just made what to you know to the lay person who's, who's looking at it from outside thinking you must be the luckiest guy in the world you know footballer and plenty of money and you travel in the world yep. but how life and you know depression doesn't doesn't discriminate on individuals, and yeah, a really sad story, but a really fascinating book. So, yeah. a life too short um, would be yeah. the book that I'd recommend on football. And I think mm. a few people have mentioned that as well. Let's um, let's read some of these out. I'm gonna try and find um, Joe and Chris's. Um, blimey, he's done he's done me a photo, Chris. So let mm. me read them out. Um, Ipswich Town: The Inside Story, the Phil Handbook of the Promotion Era was a <laughs> decent one. Um, yeah. The Numbers Game. Um, there's yep. quite a lot of um, books there about... are a lot of
4: books on, on football as an industry that's yeah, an... soccer economics I... is another one that I know yeah. and I think has yeah, the... mentioned yeah they're they're both very good actually yeah um R- why England lose
3: um there's more than a book's worth of information on that isn't there um, <laughs> power corruption and pies um all played out
4: um, all Played now. All play that came up. I saw. I think Dave even get. get he, he he liked the tweet that that was. Oh no, it was all oh, the glory game was says The Hunter Davis. Hunter Davis all played, yeah. all, all, I think all played Out is reprinting. I can't get it. It's 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 that's a book that has to stay in print as a single narrative of a tournament. It's quite brilliant. It really is. is it about all, Harry. It's it's Italian ninety. Is it? Oh okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's if it's if 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 my if my. Dim and distant memory search. I read it years ago. Hunter Davis is *The Glory Game* was the other one that Dave gave gave a thumbs up. That is a that's another classic. That's an absolutely seminal book. This yeah, keep going. Sorry.
3: So he's got three um, Bobby Robson autobiographies. One of my prized possessions. Like, God, my mum, what an absolute mm. hero she was. Um, I was living in London at the time. She she's got um, I think is it farewell but not goodbye. Yeah, the last one. She has it signed. Wow. With me, you know, to Richard from uh, one of my most prized possessions, that um, Bobby Robson book, Um the Kevin Beattie story the, um Rob Finch book that's um, been coming out recently since um, since the beat sadly passed away. Fever Pitch is in there, the Nick me classic. That's a that's that staple, that's just, isn't
4: it? Yeah, just 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 putting my bookseller's hat on. That in the nineties was a seminal book in terms of it. Kind of it almost represented a. A, how can I describe it, a, a group of people suddenly coming to the surface, people who loved the game, who weren't possibly part of the kind of, who, who knew about the job culture, was aware of the 70s and 80s, the kind of tribal side of football. But for whom football actually was you know it it metered their lives that thing of seeing the world through seeing your life back through world cups kind of you know that sort of echo um and also the time when saturday comes the pod you know the fanzine world it it all it really premier league era era kind of kicked off as well wasn't it yeah yeah it's interesting but that book it was don't underestimate the influence it had it was really it was quite quite it was quite powerful it really was
3: um, football against the enemy is that a book that you've heard of Simon that is a read Cooper. Simon
4: Cooper that's a really good read that really is if, if I'm not mistaken that looks at all the great rivalries for example England Scott, the Scots see England as their rivals the English see the Germans German, as their yeah. rivals the Germans Holland yes spot on yeah. absolutely yeah it's fascinating I love that it's like it's fascinating
3: yeah Colchester Ipswich yeah. Yeah, no yeah. Norwich, I guess. Yeah. Here's
4: another um, another interesting one. Briefly, I remember talking to a borough fan, um, and we watched. It was a game. It was a group of town fans watching it in Bath. It was, on, it was one of the games that was live on television. The one Eugene scored the the goal that went in. He always scored against us. But anyway, it was there was a borough fan. We were just chatting over a beer, watching the game, and I said to him, "I said, well, we know about Newcastle and Sunderland not liking each other. So where do borough sit on that?" And I said, "Is it Newcastle or is it Sunderland?" And he looked at me and he said, "It's neither." And he paused and I looked at him askance, he said it's Leeds. Really? Yes, it may not be as obvious is but that... it's Leeds it's it's a kind of... What's the distance? Sense, is it like 50 miles or something? It's not that far but it's also a sense that Leeds there's a certain confidence about Leeds supporters which I don't think appeals to many Borough supporters, okay. Burr, if I can politely put it like that. Or well, maybe it's, a lot of teams have got like, Leeds as their yeah, it could, it could well be. <laughs> yeah. um, I know Leeds, Leeds see United as their big rivals but I'm not sure United see leads us there. So I think United you know, see Liverpool. It's fascinating. But going back to Simon Cooper's book, it's really good. It's yeah. really fascinating. The psychology of the whole thing. Fascinating stuff. Yeah. I
3: need a three for two offer or something like that. Um, <laughs> the last one Chris has got is the My Favorite Game book, The uh, the Fan, Kind of The Favorite Matches for Ipswich Town, the book that came out a couple of yes. years ago, I think.
4: That's a, that's a lovely book. Yeah. Um, that's really, really good. Where's mm. jo-
3: um, Broken Dreams is mentioned by. Alistair but then I think there's a bit of a debate about whether that's a good one or not I'm trying to find Joe's where's Joe's one it's really good oh man Uh, this is the trouble the thread has just gone crazy Mm. Mrs. Nuts ask a question very quickly while I find it Um, if you were 8 years old what would you be dressing up as today on World Book Day
4: um, oh, <laughs> I saw this question. It's a, yes, um, I'd probably dress up as one of the twits from Mr. Twit from Roald Dahl's Twits because it wouldn't take a great deal of effort. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Just shabby up the beard a little bit. Yeah, Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. I've always yeah. quite liked the idea would of dressing her. up as Willy Wonka, so I think that would yeah. be my choice. Um, yeah. Ravi, who's got, who's does um, some great statistical analysis, by the way, worth mm. um, at Scribbler with yes. OE42 42, underscore 42, and um, if anyone cares about numbers and the cha- and the changing game, Socconomics, which is talked about, and the numbers game are excellent. Twenty-first yeah. Club's book, Changing the Conversation, is what I'm reading so far, and the modern games are ins- insights are awesome. Otherwise, Pep Confidential, yeah, Bring the Noise, and Das Reboot are awesome.
4: They're all they're all good books. Hönigstein, I think, was that's reboot, wasn't it? Yeah, it is Rafa Hernickstein. Yeah, there's a couple. Can I mention just looking through mm. this? Right, Adam Flat mentioned it's a superb book, Dynamo. It's um, you how Ukrainian footballers defy the Nazis and it ultimately cost them their lives. Football often as a metaphor for life. And if I'm not mistaken, was Jim mentioned a season with Verona, which is hilarious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's a fascinating book that because my Napoli friend Vince, you know, he get him on the subject of Verona fans. It's it, they it's yeah, they're they're quite unique because as a set of supporters they really are it's um, brilliant stuff yeah
3: um super franz mentions my father and other working class heroes yeah and um, by gary imlach
4: gary imlach that's right Lack,
3: yeah. sorry um yeah which dave diamond i mate dave diamond endorses um here we go. Uh, oh, Steve Moore. Let's lob in us some Stephen. Um, he says, "Just let Harry talk about books." Well, <laughs> hold that thought. So there's there's some discussion yeah. that there is um, negotiations being had, Harry, behind the scenes, aren't there? There yeah. may be some summer content on yeah football books season, and
4: stuff. Football season. I'm talking to Ben to see if we can do a series of shorts, sort of sort of twenty minute, trying to try to keep me down to twenty. Anyway, but uh, <laughs> that's the it's where we Are we, we on? Actually, yeah. Okay. Uh, <laughs> uh, but the idea being that we could maybe look at one or maybe a couple of books and just do a little, you know, sort of book programs where we could just talk about books that, you know, people can recommend them and feed in comments, their thoughts about what they like about them. And then we can use that as a, as a springboard to talk about them. Just a little bit more, you know, just, just, just because we all love the game, and just while we have a chance to reflect, it's a nice time to do it. So, yeah. um, but we're we're, we're it's a, we're, it's in the it's in the oven at the moment. We're cooking it up as an idea. Percolating. You know? We'll um, keep you close yeah. on that
3: one. Um, Stephen's recommendations are brilliant. Orange.
4: Yeah, David Winner, um, and yeah.
3: he also reckons the football against the enemy. Joe's yeah. Joe's given us um, Fever Pitch again, again um, a season with Verona again. again, um, mm. football in sun and shadow.
4: Oh yes, that's my. Oh God, yes, this is a. This is the. Where has it got to now? By Eduardo Galeano. That's the one. This is that's the one. There. This is... Great it's cover. A... It's a... You're... You're... You're Uruguayan writer, um, and I always think the Uruguayans have um have great a great way to um they have a great way of describing football. They they, they get football like nobody else. It's they they just in... intuitively understand it, and I'm gonna if I can finish with. Um, poor Mullets had this um, there's, a go- there's a goal which is described um, here's a gone now forgive for everybody listening right this is the goal that won the 1974 World Cup Gert Muller Okay, it's, it's a little chapter it's only a couple of paragraphs long it's one of the best descriptions of a goal I've ever come across the coach of club TSV in Munich told him you won't go far in soccer better try something else back then Gert Muller worked 12 hours a day in a textile mill Eleven years later, in 1974, this stumpy tub of a player was champion of the world. No one scored more goals than he in the history of either the German league or the national team. Now we move on to the goal. Nobody saw the wild wolf in the field. Disguised as an old woman, his fangs and claws hidden, he strolled along, making a show of showering innocent passes on other works of charity. Meanwhile, he slipped in unnoticed into the box. The net was the bridal veil of an irresistible girl. In front of the open goal, he licked his chops, and in one fell swoop, he stood naked, then bit. <laughs> I love there the description go. of the net. I love that. <laughs> That's fantastic. It's, you know, you're kind of moving <clears throat> into the whole world of literature. Football and Sun and Shadow. He died a few years ago, Galeano, and I don't know if he was heralded in this country. I, uh, it's a series of little short chapters on... On different episodes, it just narrates the history of football, probably from right the way back up to the mid '90s. I think '94 World Cup is pretty much where he gets to, to turn of the century. But um, it's a favourite. That that description about Muller's goal—it's yet to be bettered. Mm. It's
3: and it's weird how you know if you wanted to experience football, you go and you go and you say go go and watch a game. Go and you know rock up and sit in the terraces and watch a game. There's something to be said about the about the imagery that you can casting your mind with a book like football imagery in in writing is is really powerful isn't it Um, uh, just a couple more to finish off and because I'd quite like to leave on that quote but Joe we've got so many on here so thank you everyone for those Um, Joe also mentions um, No Hunger in Paradise Michael Cavan book he also wrote a book um, The Nowhere Men Michael Cavan about scouts which I I really like
4: that's so poignant that book Um, it really is yeah Yeah. and
3: kind of how the tipping point about technology coming in and um, making that kind of old you know the rock up and watch a player and scout them is is a dine out he's also got The Ugly Game Mm. um, Foul The Secret World of FIFA Bribes Vote Rigging and Ticket Scandals and The Beautiful Game Question Mark by David Conn is also a great writer as well there's plenty of stuff here what I'll do is I'll um, over the weekend I'll try and write all of those down and we'll make a list and um everyone can kind of chip in there and give us some thoughts as well. But um, that was really enjoyable. Thank you, um, Harry, for kind of taking us through that. Thank you everyone for your recommendations as well. There's plenty of material there. Um, And as I say, we'll keep you, we'll keep you informed on what the plans are for maybe talking more about footy books over the summer. Yeah. Um, Should we, um, should we sign off with some, some plugs, any books that you want to sell, Harry, that you didn't sell for the schools, (laughs) Um, your blogs and all that stuff. Where can we, Uh, where can we find those reading?
4: West Brom will go up with formations and highlights videos um, on TWTD on Friday lunchtime and it will, as everything is linked at Harry from Bath is my Twitter handle, so it'll all be there yeah. Brilliant
3: stuff, um, you can find us um, at the channel at Blue Monday ITFC you can find me at Ips Rich, um and I think I'll be back, I'm going to West Brom um, I'm one of the fortunate few thousand <laughs> who are off to West Brom, so I have booked my place on the um, flagship show on Sunday with um, Ben and I think Dave as well, possibly. So,
4: brilliant. I'll be back, yeah.
3: and we will be back next week to chat Bristol City aftermath. Um, mm-hmm. So enjoy that, and in, and good luck to John and all the guys at the Southwest yeah. Sports Branch as well. Um, yeah. And we'll be back to talk about Forest, Roy Keane and Martin
4: Forrest. Forest. Yes, Roy Keane returning to Portman Road. Can't, can't wait to hear what they say about him. <laughs> oh dear. Have a great weekend, everyone.